Welcome back to another episode of the Battle Buddy Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a super, super important topic, and it's mental health. And uh, before we get started, I also want to say that, uh, you know, if you're struggling, remember that here in the United States, the suicide hotline number is 988 press one. Um, I am sure our guest will enlighten us as to what kind of resources there are available up north in Canada, because uh, for the first time ever on the podcast, I have one of our friends to the north, John Archambault. So before we get into it, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, you know, be mental health uh, topic uh, that, you know, may be difficult. So if you struggle, you know, please reach out to a battle buddy or use those resources that are available. Uh, but that's what the topic today is. Welcome to the Battle Buddy Podcast with Keith McKeever. So, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm super excited. You know, always it's always great to have an international guest. I've had a couple, but great to finally have one of our friends to the north. Hey, it's um, I'm very very happy, and, and like you you said, we do have multiple type of uh, of supports up here. Sometimes they're similar because the VA or the VA, right? We kind of uh, follow each other. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, it, it all depends, man. It depends on uh, the city as well, what they have for each provinces or state, if you wish. Um, and for veterans, uh, veterans, we have like the OSI clinic. So it's like the VA, um, but we don't have hospital VAs, right? So we go to normal hospitals. But for psychology, um, therapy, so on and so forth, you have kind of one-stop shop for the, the veterans and um, the federal police. Those are kind of the two places where we, the only place where we go. And OSI stands for Operational Stress Injury in Canada. Instead of uh, calling it PTSD for people who served, because it was usually created in an operational environment. So, yeah. Sounds a little nicer and softer term than post-traumatic <laughs> stress disorder. Yeah, it kind of has a rough, uh, terrible sounding uh, term to it. Because I know a lot of people here, like they just want to drop the D, you know, just post-traumatic stress, you know, which I get it. But, uh, you know, either way, it's just how you react to those stressors that you go through. Right. You know, like you said, it could be from law enforcement, could be from firefighting, could be just anything in your life or, you know, from your time in service. So with that in mind, uh, for, for all of your brothers and sisters up there in Canada, is there a certain phone number or resource uh, that uh, that anybody should uh, call if they, if they get to struggling, since we're talking about a kind of heavy topic today? Yeah, so so we do have the 811 for mental health in general for everyone, um, but it's also tied up to just health. Uh, each province have also their own number, I believe. Um, <clears throat> and for first responder, we have, uh, we have um, Jesus Christ, I forgot the name, and my friend started in this province. This is awesome. Uh, boots on the ground, where actually will be uh, a first responder retired or someone who's off who can answer the phone. So you talk to someone that actually knows where you're floating in, which I find fantastic. Um, so there are this and that province in, in Ontario have that too. Um, the French province, uh, I cannot tell because I have not lived in it for so long now. Um, but yeah, no, we have supports, right? But the awesome. number would be 811 uh, and then they direct you throughout who you can talk to. Hey, that's a start. So that is always good. So let's, uh, let's back this up a little bit to your military service. Tell us a little sure. bit about, you know, about your journey. So I, um, I'm from a family who was against military. So there, there's that, that kind of fight. We talked about it before, uh, animosity between the French and the English. That's because you guys kicked their ass. They kind of moved to us and we had to kind of lose a war. So anyways, we got stuck with them. Um, and, and historically, 
talking like there's been uh, that animosity for a while apparently it's better than it used to be but uh so i was raised in a family who was really french like we spoke as spanish we learned spanish and learned portuguese but english was kind of the no-no language um i studied in brazil and upon return and i'm gonna get why i joined the military uh my university in brazil was not recognized so um, at 19 years old, I walked in front of a recruit center and I walked in and I kind of signed up the paper. Ah, I'm going to go there. I want to be infantry. They're like, no, you speak three language. We're going to send you to a communication job. Uh, okay. And, and they never told me that the course was English only, which I did not spoke at the time. Did not speak. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> so anyhow, so I joined, I, I was 19 in October. Um, and, uh, and the job was top secret clearance. It was special, um, special essay sorry essay clearance as well which is about nato and so on and so forth which take a long time to get now the course was in english as well nobody told me that so i had to learn english uh i, I had to get that clearance where i lived in, in various provinces in canada and then moved to brazil and yada yada so it took a little while um, talk about adding an extra layer of difficulty to an already yeah. probably difficult course right yeah, yeah it was it was interesting <laughs> let's put it that way Four years after this, I mean, they were telling me, well, we won't get it until probably a, an extra year or two years more. And I just wanted to work. So I was like, okay, what is a job that is open? I, I'm going to go into it. So they put me in logistics, which I ended up being the uh, posted into a Navy unit, the headquarter of the Navy and in the capital. Uh, I was the only army private working there. Uh, I got like the crap job and uh, I always been hyper, um, which I learned recently. I have ADHD to explain why, but um, there's one of the commander of the ships who, who were in town and, and he was like, uh, son, uh, come in my office. So we're in his office and, and he's pointing at a frame and he's like, do you know what that means? I'm like, no clue. It's a frame, sir. Uh, he's like, that's special force. I'm like, okay, people like you go there. They're a hyper over there. So you, you should apply. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but sure. So I applied, uh, went through a test and was selected as a supporter there. Um, <clears throat> and then the fun started. Uh, I mean, it, it was way more, it went from like, you know, uh, a regular pace to, uh, it was due like three months ago. Uh, so you got to get it done now, uh, which I appreciate. And I think it kind of opened my eyes on uh, multiple things. Then I got deployed in Iraq. Um, after roughly 10 plus years, I came back from Iraq and applied to work for the Montees, you know, the, the one in the red suit on a horse that's all you show our federal police usually in the u.s it's awesome that's uh, exactly how we picture it down here totally <laughs> the, the the troopers right super troopers that's the commercial we have yeah that's exactly it so i applied for them um took forever so I, one of my friends was telling me hey you should apply to a city police here they recognize the, the military training so i applied two months later i was uh i was accepted and i moved across the country roughly 2600 miles away from home and uh and started the job so it was a course of seven months give or take and then 150 hours in the street and then i was on my own i did the job of uh, coppers for I'd say, well, total was six years, uh, but after three years and so I, I got sick. I, uh, I faced a few walls, a few red flags here and there, which I I guess I could just close my eyes, right? It's sometimes easier to avoid uh, or ignore. And, and I guess the wall got bigger and thicker and it hurt even more. So um, took me roughly a good three years and COVID, COVID years, give or take, where I was stuck at home. Uh, I was hyper vigilant. I was hyper 
everything. Um, it was hard to travel to therapy because it was through the district where I worked and, and, um, and I was seeing the, the flashback of the calls that I've been into. So, um, and now things kind of switch it, right? So I left the police police insurance and I went back to the VA because they know how to deal with mental health. Uh, and, and I mean, an insurance that we have, if they think you're committing a fraud, they're going to follow you. Uh, and I was followed, kind of insulting, because I wrote a book about mental health, about like dark, it got in my head and so on. And they're like, well, he's making money. He's clearly in shape. And I'm like, I'm not in shape. I had gained 40 pounds. Communication in a relationship was totally way off because I couldn't speak or I, like I did not know like am, am I going to injure her if I tell her my story or uh, should I just keep it for myself? Uh, we had a new kid of a year old and so there's a lot of things that kind of pile up right really quickly. Um, and the only thing I knew what to do is learning about mental health. Um, so I started to buy books and learn and read. And I'm from a family where my both parents are psychologists, so. I was just all, all over it, like, let's learn. And then got told, like, you have, uh, you don't have just PTSD, you have CPTSD with dissociation, with a major depression disorder. And it kind of grew with the time, uh, but it was interesting, right? Because when you start learning what your body, what, why does it react in such a way? That's when you start thinking, getting back control on top of it. So um, it, it was very strange because during the first two years, uh, I had to select the language right in my head, and it was either French or English, uh, and I had to go English. I couldn't speak the other language. My wife doesn't speak French, therefore I had to <laughs> pick the language she understood, at least. Um, but like the, to see the brain kind of shutting down at times that you're not expecting it, to uh, feel rage and rage being so calm, like it's not burning inside, it's actually you are feeling 100% everything around you. You're really conscious of what's going on and your strength and your flaws and so on. And that makes you a very dangerous person. Um, and the last thing I wanted is becoming, uh, you know, what they show on TV about veterans and PTSD. I don't want to be the guy who take a gun and go shoot people. I thought, no, right? So the fear of self-fear, right? Like fearing of all you can react if you get angry and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of part that was interesting in the low, the high, the roller coaster from it. Um, and so it's been four years where I'm, I'm on my fourth years of recovery that they call and uh, um, starting to getting out of it and and being more able to drive in traffic as, as silly as it is. Right. Because when I think about it, I'm like, well, I'm from a big city <clears throat> where they drive like European. And um, and I moved to big cities before that. I'd be a cop in a big city. If it was in Iraq, there's just no issue, no stress. I have issue not to drive. Right. Uh, either I get angry at people or. Uh, it's overwhelming. So to see the brain changing so much is extremely interesting. But I think there's a there's a thing that was eye-opener at one point is when I embrace the changes. Because there's stuff that we'll never be able to do. I've been permanently restricted to uh, wear a uniform uh, by by fear of uh, relapsing. And um, but in the same way, it, it's like that that kindness is coming back that self-identity is is uh, was found and there's a quest with it right um <clears throat> being there for my kids right and that's another thing right being there for my wife being able to communicate now um the body has as well reaction right like gaining the weight that can be ibs it can be uh erectile dysfunction there, there's so many things that the brain says yeah 
it's too busy here, so we're gonna shut down some of the part in your body so it doesn't we don't need it right now. It's it's not a need. Um it's absolutely but, wild what what oh. the body like you said, all those different things and more. Yeah. That the body does. Yeah. The, the, I think the first uh I guess glimpse that I had in was dissociation. Uh I was sitting on my couch and I could understand everything that was going on, on TV, but you would have asked me what's the language I couldn't tell you. Right. So the, the process was not there or um, literally losing two hours of my life in dissociation. Like I'm not coming back to my car and I'm sitting in my car. My cheeks are wet because I guess I cried and I'm sweating. And I'm like, what, what did this happen? Well, two hours was robbed right for me. Like it was gone and I cannot tell what it is. I didn't have a, a car cam to check. <laughs> what the hell do I do? Did I just sit there and my brain shut off? Like she's um, gone. It's just, you know, yeah. blacked out. Just, just. Yeah. Time's gone. Yeah. And, and I remember being in Florida at the beginning and we're chasing dolphins. We're in, uh, God, I don't know, Naples. And um, as we're chasing dolphins, me and my wife, my buddy just rose. And after she realized that she was far enough, she came back. She was going on. And I'm like, can't move. My buddy just doesn't want to go anymore. And then you're super ashamed because, well, you shouldn't go through those things. Nobody talked about those things and so on and so forth. So I hid. <laughs> for two days in a in a hotel room um and, and i was saying my wife don't tell your don't, don't tell your parents i don't want them to know that I, I cannot kayak back home right because you're so proud this kind of part of the training too right like you're extremely proud of it um so it, it's an adding up but then you start looking and, and i was looking into you know stats and it's an average of like 33 percent now who has ptsd it's, it's huge uh now depending on which trade first responder military and so on and so forth which are as well as their own numbers uh but it's extremely important to see that first you're not alone there's a load of people here who don't talk about it and they still like they shut down the hard feeling i'm gonna feel nothing gonna be numb gonna smile like everyone smile when i know it's supposed to be fun and happy and if i'm grumpy i'm gonna act happy as well i wear a mask and I'm going to na like navigate through it for the rest of my life, which quite often. And I think some of the reason why we have such a high divorce rate in the military or the first responder, that's the reason because we don't speak and we just kill it in the end, right? Like I have six years left to do. I'm going to shut it off for six years. What if you cannot open it after? What if it shut down forever? Right. That's an interesting point. And you've hit on a lot of things that, wanted to kind of dive into today but that one in particular <clears throat> i think it's an interesting one like how do you turn those back on mm -hmm. because i've heard that before of like this person is not the same person they used to be mm -hmm. i don't see the same joy i don't see the same you know, this is the same person that I married, you know, 10, 15, 20 yeah. years ago. Like they're just not the same person. And I never see that out of that person ever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, loosen up, let go, let out of your shell, like all these different things of like, you know, do this. And it's like, yeah. does, you know, or, you know, how do you, how does somebody do that? You know, that's, that's it. I think I know the answer. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously it, it, it's work. <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, yeah. The short answer is four letter word of work and it's therapy. Mm -hmm. 
And it's, it's really the, the marriage of the two is you have to go to therapy and you have to do the work and you have to communicate with your, your loved ones. And you have to just be like, Hey, look, I don't know. I mean, I'll self-identify. I'm, I'm one of those people, right? I, I, some of those oh, yeah. examples of were me. That's my wife. She's like, you know, you're just not the same person that you were. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know how, like, I don't know how to cut loose. I don't know how to have fun. I don't, I don't know how to do some of those things. Like I am just, sometimes I'm just kind of a bury my head in work and in a, a very intense kind of person like that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how to, I don't know how to be different. I, I agree. So my wife told me one day, um, I have to relearn how to fall in love with you. And it was kind of, uh, it was hard first to hear. And I think it's, it's totally understandable because I was happy with who I became now. Right. Because uh, that, that, that valve had been shut off for quite close, right. Uh, for such a time that now I could feel again. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm going to feel them fully, but on the same way with work, uh, before, well, we didn't talk that much about it at home. Uh, I mean, I remember 2012, I shut off the news because I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, uh, I hear really what's happening right now in our meetings in the morning. This is not happening for real. That's cover up. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to stop paying this crap. Uh, but, but, and I'm not going to go political. It's not the point, but I'm just saying, like, you know, right. What you uh, see versus what you hear on the news. I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so. It's, and, it's not always the same. Yeah. And, and the thing that I discovered, though, is is it quite often, right, we were trained to use this, right? So I think we're, we're computerized a lot as well with this, right? Like the, the, the brain is becoming computerized where I got to go there to prep for this and this and this. And so at the end of the day, my mission, my daily mission is complete. Um, and it's going to go in a big scheme of that bigger plan. Now, if you restart to connect this and this, well, there, there's there's movement. Why right? there's now moral that can as well come in where moral injuries quite talked about uh, lately um, because well in the military they give me an extra day off and I just had to work three days in a row and I had pizza right I remember I remember like going through this we did stuff and I was like it's kind of off bah, they gave me pizza hot and I had like an extra day off I'm like it's a great time and when we got out when I got out and, and the years passed on I'm like was that a good thing what we did there. Like, was it okay? Like, was it morally okay in a society? And I'm like, well, probably not in society. Because society is not at war. Society is not prepping for war and so on and so forth. But the reality is, is yeah, we need to do sometimes those things to the better thing, right? The better down the road. Like, if, if we're looking at police arrest, right, sometimes you get in a fight, and there's not a fight that are clean fight, right? We're not talking doing that in a octagon or whatever that is. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's not like, hey, hold on, let me put let me put the gloves on, put yeah. the mouthpiece in, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. ready and, to go now. Yeah, and it's 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 not that way, right? So sometimes, yeah, there's there's things that are questionable at times, but still, it has to be done. And, and I guess it comes down to the way of saying, well, it had to be done. Can I make peace with those things? Yes or no. Right. Or, I mean, going through exactly it, like a dirty fight as a cop. And and at the end, you're looking at the person and they're in coffin. Should I give another extra kick just so you don't understand? Because that's not right. And, and then you're battling not with the person on the ground. You're battling in this saying, what's right, what's wrong? And do I do it or do I still keep my integrity? Right. So there's there's all those things. And meanwhile, you're also battling with the past. Right. 
which like all those things you don't digest necessarily or um they went to sleep and then they're waking up now and saying hey i'm here by the way in case you forgot i'm your trauma from this year <laughs> and you never know what it's gonna when it's gonna rear its ugly head yeah and moral injury I had never heard that term until a couple of years ago, uh, doing this podcast. I had an author on who was into mental health and in her book, she talked about it. And when I read her book, I was like, it was so eye opening to me, this moral injury idea, because that's when it really hit me on my journey to try to recover, which, you know, is very much still a journey that's still kind of going on. But, you know, I, I grew up, um, you know, like we said, politics, like I don't, I don't get into politics, or religion, but I grew up going to a church. Yep. My grandmother was a superintendent of the Sunday school. I went there all the time, you know, great childhood, right? My grandmother was the kind of person that would, you know, do anything for anybody, always volunteering. Yep. And so I saw all these examples as a kid of the, like the great things to do for people, just the, what you should do, right? Mm -hmm. Just being a good person. And then, you know, I had these examples of, join the military, serve your country, all these great noble things. And my first deployment was in a prison camp guarding terrorists. Yep. And so for almost eight months, I'm sitting there face to face with the worst examples of human beings on earth yep. every single day, face to face, putting hands on these people, handcuffing and touching them, interacting with them, you know, sometimes. And I don't know how I made it through that eight month deployment. I never once through for some reason, I never, fired a single less than lethal round at anybody in eight mm -hmm. months. I always ended up being the guy holding the shield or watching the weapons or uh, sitting there sucking in uh, tear gas. Yeah. <laughs> that was always me, but I was always witnessing everything. I was always like there for everything, but just the things you witness, you know, you, you go through that kind of childhood, seeing all that stuff. And then you're there and you're like, wow, there's a lot of evil in this world. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of messed up, yeah. fucked up shit. Yeah. And it just messes with your head. And I didn't realize till years later after both those deployments, I was like, wow, you know, like my second deployment, we had a guy that came in, he was popped on Intel. And I don't, I don't think I've ever told this one publicly, but I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with my stories. This guy popped on Intel as wanted. And so we called it in and Intel was like, yeah, he's wanted, but we don't want him enough. So just cut him loose. And uh, we got the Intel brief the next morning. He was, you know, found dead in the ditch, got pump full AK rounds. Mm -hmm. About a mile and a half, two miles outside the base. To this day, I think it was probably the Iraqi police. Um, you know, somebody did. You know, yeah. obviously they knew him walking from the base. It was pretty obvious where he was coming from. You know, but I was the one who took the retinal scan that popped him in the system. And he sat there pointing at my M9 saying, shoot me now because I'm good as dead out there. And yeah. he was dead the next day. Yeah. That one messed with me for years. And it, it, it took kind of like reading that, her book to be like, it's okay. Like I didn't do that. I had no control over that situation. I was mm -hmm. just there. Yeah. Like that was just weird coincidence, but like that messed with me for years mm -hmm. of like, like what I if? had something to do with it. Like I took his life. I did not. I had nothing to do with it. It was weird chance. You call it whatever it is, but it, it took, you know, seeing like reading what moral injury was to be like, shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. There's, but there's, there's trauma as well by the kind of third level, right? Like you have the one that you first level, which has happened to you directly. The second level where you've like, you see it, like you're, you're speaking about it. And the third one is actually by a third person, 
right? And that could be it as well, right? So there's there's various way of, of developing trauma, which is extremely interesting. Um, but, and I, I just want to do a roundabout about what the, what you said earlier. Like, I mean, you're right. Therapy is huge, right? The work is huge. I'm going to add up mindset. And, and the mindset, why? Because, I mean, you know, we work extremely hard. Uh, for anyone who goes to therapy, I think it's extremely hard. <laughs> it drains the crap out of me. Um, but, um, and that is EMDR, CBT, whatever, ERT, whatever we're going to call it today. Whatever. Even if you're just opening up and just talking, I mean, you just, it's, yeah. Just to, yeah, just to do that. Yeah. Just, just, to, just to bring it out sometimes it's extremely hard too, right? You're totally right. So, um, but you gotta want to, and I think that's the the biggest biggest spot, right? Because I think that therapy medication that's thirty percent of the job, right? Because you can have a fantastic team if you're not there mentally, it's not gonna do anything, right? Um, and, and I have a friend recently, I think two months ago, they just opened my eyes, and he's like, "You can only control what you can control. The rest, you gotta learn to let it go." And I was all right because I was pissed about you know, politics and whatever's going on in our country and so on and so forth. And, um, and he's like, you have no control over this. If there's anything, it's already happened and you have to deal with it. And he's like, you can waste your time being angry at everyone who voted for that said person, or you can just go on your, your way. And what can you do with your kids? So they're happy, right? For right now, moment present, what can you do now? So it kind of changed and, um, changed my vision of things. So I, remove myself from the news because I was kind of drawn into that negativity. Um, and, and I really focus on healing. Um, so from going outside, that's another thing, right? Nature, as stupid as it sounds, we're from dirt, we're coming back to dirt. Let's go have some fun in the dirt as well. Right. So we have the Rockies. We're just above uh, Montana, um, going to the Rockies, hiking a mountain as such a great dopamine, right? Exercise is great. Dopamine, but, uh, all those things switch switch uh, or, or shifted, and that made a difference. Um, and and I, like I mean, I have a small brand where uh, I, I used to hire just veterans or first responder who draw. I mean, I come like probably a million of company of veterans with t-shirts, um, and I switch it to let's go outside. So we're putting out jackets now. It's like go get warm, cold, whatever the temperature you're facing right now. There's nothing that's going to change you from going outside and just having some fresh air because sometimes we're so much into our safe zone that it's uncomfortable to leave it and if you're comfortable you're not growing you're not having some growth at the end of the the, the, the challenge if your therapy is not moving things inside it's not working <laughs> you're scheming the good point. if, if you're right? just sitting there and you're making small talk you're not uh you're not making any advancements but there's a really good point on mindset because i think anybody who's <clears throat> making progress has gotten themselves in that point of mindset. Mm -hmm. I've made progress. You've made progress. So we've obviously gotten to that point of mindset. So I guess the million dollar question is how do we get more veterans and first responders, people who are dealing with mental health issues to, to have that light bulb come on and see the light and be like enough of this crap. I got to take charge of my mental health. I have to take charge of my, my health in general yep. and, and do something about this. Well, you know, I, I, I don't think, know what, what that switch is, you know, cause I guess for yeah. everybody's different. So. 
So I, okay. So first thing first, talking about it is the key, right? Like what we're doing right now, I think more we talk about it, more it sounds normal, more people come forward and so on and so forth. I do believe that the new generation coming in uh, has easier access to it versus the older generation where it was a bit more taboo or was not accepted or so on and so forth. Um, Definitely. Or like there's all those, you know, awful cases of the VA that we hear but we don't hear about the good one because I'm sure and I'm convinced and I know some case manager or people who take care of us who are fantastic. They're phenomenal at their job. So sometimes it's just to uh, look into, okay, well, I have the choice to hear that, you know, the demon or the angel, if you wish, right. Or whatever that is, the good or the bad, or maybe like rolling with a half full glass instead of half empty. And, and it, you know, negative happens, right. It, 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 I'm not, I'm not removing that fully. It is there. But if if we see life half full, might be more interesting to look forward. Um, because a lot of us would say, well, I'm not in the uniform not with my community anymore. I don't hang out with civilians because I cannot connect with them. Well, let me surprise you here. There's a lot of civilians who have the same mentality that we have. They just don't wear the uniform. They're doing something else, but they have the same kind of mentality. So you're stopping yourself from maybe opening to someone. And the other aspect that you realize is in my own thought, if the people in your life are not putting you in a route or path or where you grow, you should carry on and have new people in your life. Right. Good, and, good point. Right. Like if, if I have someone who's constantly negative, I'm going to turn up negative. Right. Uh, if your friends are not challenging you or you're not learning from them or, or so on and so forth, even family, right. Family sometimes is, it doesn't have to be blood. But if if you are fulfilled in those relationships, then you will grow. If they're empty, then you're stanient, right? You're not moving. So, so it's a choice as well, right? Like, is it comfortable to be with that person? Yeah, because I'm, I know every Friday is going to smoke his doobie and he's going to be high. We're going to have a funny conversation, munchies, and go to bed. Well, that's that's my friend. Okay, well, what if instead that friend challenge you to grow? It might not be as comfortable as the first one, but it will bring a new you down the road or evolve, evolve one. Um, who knows? So sometimes it's to cut off that comfort zone to walk into something new, right? Um, because it's not, it's not easy, right? Uh, first time you do a marathon, it's not easy. First time you do half a marathon or 10K or 5K or whatever that is, the first, <laughs> the first mile you run is not easy, right? So that's it, true. It comes down to a choice. Do you want to be challenged? Do you want to be pushed? Do you want to love yourself like you should have loved yourself for the past 10 years, but instead you close your eyes for a job? And I think a sacrifice is there, right? The sacrifice is to say, I'm going to remove myself for X amount of time of service to say, I'm a team. I'm part of that uniform. Um, I think we should work on a better transition. Where do I yeah. find my identity now? Because it's gone like when I was 19 and I'm at 35, right? Like it, it's, and, and it's not easy to build because we're all different, right? Um, that that overly pride of ourselves that we've been like inputted, right? Well, it also taught us to shut your mouth. Don't ask questions. Uh, and I have a funny example. My wife will tell me and explain to me why she does such a thing. Just tell me. I don't need an explanation. I didn't have an explanation for X amount of time. I'm okay with it. Go with it, hun. Right? And, and it's it's the irony. But the truth is, um, she needed to say it 
I didn't need to receive it. So I had, you have sometimes to make those, I guess you need to bend over and, and adapt to, to different styles. Um, now I'm going to jump back to moral injury. Uh, have you heard about sanctuary trauma? No, I haven't. That's a, that's a good one. Um, that's another one that kind of come from the moral injury. So let's say you go through something horrible in the military overseas or whatever that is. And um, your supervisor, commander in chief, whatever you want to call that, are supposed to take care of you. But instead, they use that against you to make your life horrible. So it's kind of a double whammy of trauma, right? Okay. Uh, so that's sanctuary trauma. And that's another one that we see quite often, right? Like, uh, and we've been hearing this uh, from, from soldiers who say that they've been sexually assaulted, uh, sexually harassed, and, and then, well, they found dead or whatever that is, right? Or they are posted somewhere else or affected somewhere else or whatever that is, right? Punished for having actually said, there's something not great that just happened or being told like, well, if you come up and say the truth here, your career is over. Right. Yeah. I've, I've had a few conversations with people who've gone through, you know, military sexual trauma and obviously mm -hmm. there's high, highly publicized cases, Vanessa Guillen. And there was mm -hmm. another one here recently that yeah. out of Fort hood again, but uh, yeah, where, you know, somebody has becomes a victim of a crime, no matter what it is. And yeah. they go to, blow the whistle and say, Hey, there's a problem here multiple times. And their leadership has, did not have their back for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's sad. And, and I mean, obviously those, and I'm not, it's not, I'm not going to belittle this. It's, it's awful. Right. But those are the one we hear the most in the news right there. I mean, we, they get to up here, so they, they get shared quite often. Um, and vice versa, because we have the same problem. Um, now, we have as well case where people were held accountable and, and that's important to be mentioned too, right? Um, because I don't think that it's hundred percent of every case that are dealt the same way. Um, sadly, right. The same as police officer where some people are, okay, well, that's, that's, uh, um, how you call that brutal force or it was too much or whatever that is. Well, it's not every cops that are dirty. Right. Just, Good point. I, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty small. I live in a really like it's our Texas in Canada. Alberta and uh, <clears throat> so fighting was not really always an option, right? When I'm five, seven, there are six plus. So I would walk out in the place and say, it's French police. And people are like, what the hell is going on here? Right? So they stop fighting or they look and then I can talk. Right? So there's ways of dealing with our stuff with like everything else. Right? Um, but that's kind of all we do, right? Like there's one uniform, we're going to paint everyone the same way. Right. The same with the stigma around PTSD, right, that we talked about. Well, okay, well, quite often we hear, what's um, a veteran, take a gun, go shoot people, very violent. We see that in movies, we see it in media, and so on and so forth. Um, I did a test here in town. When I got diagnosed, I went to get my dog food. And the, the guy studied in a French province, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're a cop, right, or you're a military, something like this, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I was, I was at work. I'm like, ah, I'm not working. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? You just stopped working. You don't want to. And I'm like, no, no, I got diagnosed. And he's like, diagnosed. You have broken legs. And I'm like, no, I seem to stand pretty well. He's like, what's going on? And I'm like, PTSD. He's like, what's that? And I post traumatic um, uh, stress disorder. And he's like, oh, I'll help you bring your stuff. And he walked me out. And it was not mean, man. I, I don't think it was mean from his part. I think 
he just didn't know what to do, what to say, what to, how to handle it. So that's his reaction. I'm going to walk him out. It's going to help him. But truthfully, I felt like I was walked out of the store as well. Right. Um, so being aware of who we talk to. And I mean, I'm sure it's the same where uh, sometimes the VA itself, you talk to someone who are probably phenomenal and physical injuries. But when it comes to mental injuries, well, they don't know how to deal with you. Right. He's crazy. No, I'm not crazy. It's broken. I'm not broken. I'm the result of whatever I've been through. That that's all, right? And and truthfully, nothing wrong with that, right? Like it's all you deal with that that is all a change, right? Like, are you gonna drink like a 24, a two four every night, or 26 yeah. ounces of whatever maybe, or are you gonna actually dig in it and, and dig dig dive deep? I don't know. I mean, here right now, the weed uh, weed is legal, right? So it's been legal for. 2019, so four years. Um, well, it's the highest expense that the VA does right now. Wow. Because it's prescribed, right? So I can tell you the first year I had 30 grams. About to get a flood of Americans coming up there. <laughs> <laughs> so I had 30 grams and I was like, oh, that's perfect. I'd probably use 10 just the pills to sleep because the, the medication didn't work. And I had my appointment and uh, they said, oh, how's that doing? I'm like, perfect. I have enough. 60 grams. I'm like, why do I have I said that 30 was enough? And this year I'm at 90 grams that they're paying. And I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need this amount at all. Um, so it's the biggest expense that they have, right? And, and well, you're falling in utter avoidance. You might not drink, but if you're high as a kite, it's not going to process well, right? So, because they say, I don't know if, if your, your therapist was saying the same, but my therapist was saying you should be sober the night prior and the night after. Because the things you're moving has to be moved back in place. Um, and if your body and your brain is not so well, has been impaired, it's going to affect the reaction of it. So you're going to have to restart. Interesting. Yeah. No, I haven't heard that, but that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Especially, was, is that all treatments or a certain types of treatments or just that that's what my 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 therapist huh. here okay. that i got that the, the va was telling me um and they made Which sure ones? obviously but uh I, I don't drink i mean i drink my wine before uh french thing i guess uh wine and baguette under my armpit that's that's how i go uh and uh but since i have that um that that cbd that kind of cool me down at night i don't drink okay there's no need for for avoidance for a while. So I'm just taming off and going to bed. The munchies are good sometimes, but you know, could be worse. Um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's interesting because now I'm going to North Carolina to walk 222 miles of rucksack march. And, uh, well, I had to find a synthetic medication to make me sleep because I'm not allowed to go across the border. With weed, right. which makes sense right i'm, I'm yes. fully fine with it and i talked to my friends who are cops down there and i'm like uh can i bring my stair place for weed in the state i'm like oh shit so i had to call the doctor and sit with him and say like okay what do i do now with this like is there it's okay i'll give you some pills you're gonna be asleep like this and i was like cool that works <laughs> so i have medication we were going down there and and me and my buddy were flying in. Uh, we're the two Canadians going to join the team, and um, we're the same medication. He's like, "Oh, what do you think about it?" I'm like, "I'm groggy as hell," which obviously with the weed, you're groggy at night, where you're 
and then the next day you're no problem. So it, it, there's that adaptation when you travel with that too, right? Same with whatever, right? You need to get a prescription to go across the border for all the antidepressant and so on and so forth, um, which we don't really think about uh, mentioning, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things with the the medicines. You know, that was the first question the VA ever asked me when I called about mental health was like, do you want, do you want medicine or do you actually want to talk to somebody? Which I still think to this day is just absolutely terrible. Which I think, you know, obviously you should talk to somebody first and they should, you know, make a medical decision whether or not medicine makes sense. But yeah. all these medicines can do all kinds of different things based on what other other kind of medications you are taking. Yep. What kind of interactions is it having? What kind of secondary effects? Like you need to take all these kind of things into effect. Like still to this day, I'm still not taking anything for my PTSD. I don't want to. You know, I want to try and tackle things through talking to a therapist and mm -hmm. recognizing problems and spotting them and finding ways of healthy ways to deal with things. That's how I prefer to deal with things rather yeah. than just go right to supporting the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. But you know, there's a, there's a lot of things you got to think you got to take into account, you know, and it, and it, it almost kind of sounds like your, your system up there is kind of like a lot like ours. Like, well, just prescribe some meds. Just here you go. Just kind of dish it out. No, they come together. So um, at the VA, we have that psychiatrist uh, uh, to us directly with a team. And uh, so you have one meeting per month, give or take, with that psychiatrist saying, okay, well, we're going to try this one at first and whatever that is, which your therapy, you're doing this, so it's going to work out. Um, I can tell you I went through 18 different medications. Uh, I, I was like you at first. I'm like, I don't want to touch anything. I've never been a pill guy besides Advil because that's what the military gave us. But awesome. <clears throat> uh, yeah, T3s and Advils or T4, whatever we are at now. But um, so I was like, uh, my, my father went through like a burnout and depression and so on. I'm like, what do you think about the medication? And he's like, truthfully, he's like, it's an imbalance, a chemical imbalance in your brain that's going on right now. Right. So he's like, if that helped you at the beginning, good, fantastic. Right. So um, like I said, it took 18 different medication to fall into 1961 <laughs> medication that I have right now. Uh, it's old, but it can it does the same effect that helps with ADHD medication. So we had to kind of mix those two. Um, and it's a super low dose, right? So my psychiatrist told me last, you're going to be done this summer. It was, it was especially for the hard part at the beginning and she, you can, you know, tame off, uh, the sleep aspect is a sleep aspect, right? It's going to take time. So I kind of accept that part and you're right, right? I think for all those medication, the side effect, this is why peer support is great because that's when I realized in peer support that the side effect, I was not a one case off <laughs> buddy beside me. is like, have you ever tried that one? Does your leg like start trembling at night? And I'm like, yeah. Okay. That's that medication. <laughs> really? He's like, yeah, when you stop it, it's going to keep on going for six to a, six months to a year. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And I stopped and he was right. Kept freaking trembling in the bed at night. One leg, the same leg that we, he talked and, uh, and then you're okay. Right. So there's, there's positive sometimes with peer support because that's another one that has a double side effect, right? Double edge can be fantastic, but it can be extremely bad for your relationship. And now let me just point out those points because people will be like, why? Um, simple. If you are in a group where everyone understands exactly what you're going through without saying a word, you don't have to talk. Then you get home and you've been used for an hour, two hours where it was so relaxing, so 
peaceful to not have like the fear of or whatever that is maybe and now you have to explain everything at home oh my god like why would i do this this is bullshit and you get frustrated to your spouse or whatnot and truthfully it would be fixed if you just start talking right uh, and usually your spouse is the person beyond belief who wants you to be fixed fixed and and you know quotes obviously i don't think that we're broken but that's the person who wants you on the right path right um and i and i mean uh like you started at the beginning right like the battle body would comes with my mind every time is battle body check right so we need to check on our people and, and the other stigma that we have around is the one with suicide oh, that person is a coward committed suicide well wait 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 a minute I don't think it's a coward movement uh, and then there's people who won't probably not agree but i believe that the person who commits suicide just wanted the pain to stop and it doesn't have to yeah. be forever i think it's there's there's such a pain for such an amount of time that it's probably not they're used to right so let's go with num normal numbers so if you're used to have two hours of high pain in a day mentally and you've been now for three days in that pain you just wanted to stop now i'm not saying that suicide is is not bad what i'm saying is maybe we don't have the right perspective of what suicide is i believe that it's someone who just wanted the pain to stop like are you some peaceful time right so it's not i, I will never want to get up again it's i want just a bit of quietness sadly yeah i don't think it's some people don't just wake up one day mm -hmm. perfectly fine the next day wake up one day and just decide this is it yeah it it is some sort of pain that has been going on for a long time. They're not getting answers. They're not getting treatment. They're not seeing any kind of improvement. And it could be physical pain that transfers to mental pain. It could be all mental pain, whatever. Like, I don't think anybody really truly gets it unless they've been close to that point. Yeah. You know, and I, I've never been close enough to that point where I've grabbed something to do it, but I've been close enough to that point where I know I've been pretty damn close. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, and I know, I think that's why I've got such a, a positive mindset on, on trying to grow mm -hmm. because like I've told my wife before, I'm like, I have to keep myself busy. I have to keep myself involved in a lot of shit because I can't go back to like 2020 and during the pandemic when things got really dark for me. Because I know I was pretty close then. Sure. I was damn close. I can't go back to sitting on a couch with nothing to do. Because that is not a good place to be. Then you should my, buy the new mind. PS5. The PS5, this is a new commercial. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we have a sponsor. Our first sponsor for the show is PS5. Sony. But, yeah. Oh, that wouldn't that be nice? But yeah, so, you know, you just can't. Yeah. You know, you just can't. Uh, can't let yourself get to that get to that point where it gets to the dark place. That's just me. You know, I have to keep myself busy and, and keep things going, but I can't keep myself so, too busy where I over tap and get too stressful. Cause I've done that too many times in my life too, where it's just like, there's too much going on. It's like, I can't hold, it's like the, the old picture. I don't know where that came, like the guy holding up the Atlas, right. And he's down yes. on one knee and he can barely hold it up anymore. I don't know how many times I felt like that where it's like one more damn thing that gets, put on my shoulders i'm done mm -hmm. like w there's been times where i've had to go up and tell my wife like help me get some of these tasks off my shoulders like 
do this or do that for me or take care of this or take care of the kids or get the kids out of here. Like I don't need any extra stress. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes yeah. you have to do that. Just realize like where those dark extremes are for you and, uh, and try not to go there. Yeah. And, and I think, um, but you have to revisit it. I think it's extremely important to say it is, you can avoid whatever that dark spot for a while where you recharge your battery. And I think it's a positive way because avoidance can be good at times, right? Depending on how much you deal with it. But let's say that your day has been awful, right? And it's been a shit pit for the entire day. Um, and then you say, okay, I'm going to avoid for an hour or two or, or until tomorrow when I recharge and I slept a little bit and so on and so forth. And then you sit with your feelings that you avoided. Um, because on the road, it comes down to this. Do you avoid forever or are you going to do the same mistake all over again? Are you going to stay in that dirty circle, right? Vicious circle, if you wish. Um, or are you diving in it to fix it? Because if, if you actually work at it and, and go through it, it will never happen again because you worked yourself out of that vicious circle down the road. Um, and I think you're totally right. The other aspect is our spouse. Uh, I know my wife did everything for two years straight. Uh, I was uh, a scarecrow sitting on a couch or whatever we're going to call that. Um, and uh, she brought the kids every day. She built up a business because I moved her away from home um, while having to take care of a brand new baby. Um, and, uh, and and now the, the roles are reversed, right? Like I think the other aspect that comes with it is we do injure the people we love while we recover. Um, is for anger, my wife was saying like, um, yeah, I walk on eggshell. That, that's what I do daily. And, and if I do something that you think is wrong, we get into a match fight, like a screaming fight. Uh, and I'm like, I, I never realized it because I was always up here, right? So always angry or frustrated or whatever that is because I don't have control over whatever is going on, which is the valve of feelings are, are reopening, right? And I don't control what the hell is going on there. So um, that's another thing that I find extremely interesting. And it, it's has been, we've been, I did, EMDR, right? The green light that, uh, or red light, whatever the color it is, that it brings you back where your, your memory should be. Like you do in bed when you go to bed. I did the, the, the shock. I had a magnetic shock to my brain, the two sides of a, the, the frontal, frontal cortex. And uh, for six weeks each, I think. Um, and now we're doing IS, ISF, which is um, internal system family. Uh, because it is said that, you know, trauma are coming from sometimes your childhood as well, right? So, um, and what we realize is because of the military is so young, right? The, the brain is fully developed at 25 years old. Well, at 19 years old, you're still not developed. So you bring some yeah. stuff with it, right? So um, some of the way that I was raised, and like you, I would say, and I always said, I had great up uprising like my parents were great they worked their ass off my grandparents one set i would see more than the other um nothing wrong with it now i went through test and it says that i had neglect what do you mean neglect my parents never like they kicked my ass but it was kind of normal uh if i was not respecting things you know like i, I was scared of my dad for good reason because i was a dick at times and that's fine um neglect and, and the truth is is sometimes you as a human has a need of some things and it's just not brought up so it's not that we have bad parenting right it's just that we did not fulfill the one thing we were in need of which affection can be whatever the hell may be right um well we all have different love languages exactly right i mean it's something that 
you know, normally talked about between spouses, but you have that between kids too, mm-hmm. you know, like every, every person yeah. is different. So makes, makes a really good point that you may have not gotten the encouragement from one parent, or you may have not gotten maybe, you know, physical touches, your kind of thing. You may have not gotten the hugs and the cuddles yeah. from one parent because they just weren't feely touchy like that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely something to that. I could, I could yeah. see that. Yeah. And then you mix. So that's the other fun part. I think with the PTSD, so you, you look into other mental health, um, syndromes, if you want to a disorder, I mean, ADHD being one, when I discovered that one while I was 35, it was a year ago, and I call my dad after and I'm like, did you know I have ADHD? And he's like, what's uh, ADHD? Because it's not the right term in French. I had to open my dictionary and look. But uh, he's like, oh, we know that. And I'm like, since when? Four, five, six years old. I don't know. And I'm like, you never wanted to tell me. And he's like, well, we didn't want you to have the stigma around your head because in the you know 80s and 90s, that there's a big uh, stigma around it. So um so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to buy books now because I need to function and understand what's going on with my head. Um, and again, the medication is another thing, right, where it's a bit different than the, the, the PTSD uh, aspect, but it's dealing with having a brain that is not functioning like the mass. So, and, and a lot of people still say that it's a bad thing to have ADHD. It's not a bad thing, right? Like, and, uh, I, th- I think it's just different. I just don't think the same way as most people, um, which, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I, I was diagnosed with ADD, so the, the yeah. non-hyperactive, when I was uh, like second grade, I would look at it like, you know, cars, right? A yeah. classic car versus a modern car. One of them has more electronics and a little bit more. Mo- the other one is, you know, more mechanical in nature. Yeah. They're both cars. They both get you places. They're just wired differently. They just yeah. have different ways of running. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's... Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, uh, books where I read where it gives you a, they call it a superpower, right? That hyper-focus that you can have versus, but you can also be dreamy as hell and just going in la-la land in your brain if you don't like what's going on, right? So you can flip. So it can be good or bad depending on how your perspective is, right? Back to that glass is enough full or half empty is you pick. Um, And it's going to be the same for that recovery. It's going to be the same with, you know, um, I think for the same reason as you do a podcast, I started one on my own. I needed to have something to drive my life, right? I cannot serve. I cannot go back in a uniform. What, what can I do? What can I serve that community? How can I do it? So, well, okay, well, I'm going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about PTSD. We're going to talk about surviving at those things. Uh, and I think it's fantastic because then it gives you something to look up to, right? A form of legacy, if you wish, or a form of, giving to people because i'm sure like you do and i do this is not just a podcast is as well all those conversation offline that are happening to those people who want to talk and ask questions um and sometimes we don't know the answer but if we can help because it's part of serving it's part of us too so there's there's those points right i'm looking at opening a non-for-profit with a friend uh, a veteran in us uh, and we're looking at a state right now for helping the transition of soldier right because when you leave, maybe everything you did in the military is not recognized. <laughs> what can you, are you going to do? Like, are you going to, like, you need to find a next, next mission, a next something. Right. Yeah. Your skills don't always, you know, some skills transition, general skills, some technical skills like, you know, rocket 
you know, rocket propulsion expert, right? You might get a job at NASA, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's probably about the only place those skills transition, yeah. you know? So, and, and I mean, you're looking at the, 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 um, the fire uh, fighter jets, right? My friend was flying those before and he's like, you know, I got an offer from one of the airlines and I said, no, he's like, he, it's, it's like you drove a Lamborghini all your life and then you're driving like a little Ford from 1950. It's not the same. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay, but you need to, you can say that the best year that you ever had in your life is in the past, or you can say I'm going to bet, I'm going to build up those years now in the future as the best years of my life. And tomorrow will be better than yesterday and so on and so forth, right? Again, it's mindset, right? You, you can stick in the past because I had that mentality. I'm like, fuck, the special force was the best time for me. Like, uh, we were with a bunch of guys and girls who all work towards the same goal. And there's no, no quitter in this. There's no people who just like, oh, I'm just going to punch in and punch out because I don't want to work today. It did not happen. Or I could say, well, that was the best time of my life at that time. And I'm going to make it even better for what I can do now. Um, so sometimes we get lost in that. Right? The, the, it will never be as good. Well, wait, have you tried? Have you tried to make it better? Even? Yeah, so you need to look at the... Uh life is chapters mm -hmm. you know that's that was a different chapter of your life you know your young pilot or your young airman young soldier whatever that's one chapter of your life you transition out you probably have another whole career mm -hmm. or two ahead of you you know you got you know, 20 30 40 years till you retire then you have a whole another chapter in life after that if you you know you have a chapter of your life between graduating high school and you know settling down and having kids right mm -hmm. that's your single party life that's a chapter then you have your i've got kids and i can't go out anymore life yeah. and then you have i'm an empty nester i can go out and party again life right yeah. like i mean there's or or uh, some people will say it's 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 not quiet anymore like uh, it's, it's too quiet i mean i, I don't hear anyone uh, and i, I know <laughs> that's a good one my dad called me because my sister is 10, 10 years younger than me and um I believe she left home at 24 years old. I left at 17. She left at 24. And uh, and I think a year after my dad calls me and he's like, I'm divorcing your mother. Screw this shit. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, she used to bug you, bug your sister, and then me. So I had a third of it. Right now I have the entire freaking load <laughs> bothering me. Do this, do that, do this. I'm it's like, I'm retired. I don't want to do anything. But it, it, so yeah, it, depending on how you live with it right like it can be uh can be different i know my dad's like I, i'm not i don't want to think anymore so he's like he's picking up cucumber during the summer in a farmland he's like, this is fantastic I'm like what i don't have to think i don't think about anyone i don't help people with their problem i'm picking up cucumber and it's great and i was like all right it makes sense right you worked the entire life doing that and, and now you do the opposite Nothing makes a lot that. of sense yeah i might have to think about not thinking about things when I garden this spring. <laughs> well, but there's something that is actually, there's a form of dopamine, right? So, because first the gardening aspect, um, it's creativity. So you're creating something that's going to bloom, grow and whatnot. Um, and, and it's ends in the dirt. So you're, you, there's a connection with nature and, and it sounds woo woo. And, and because I think, like you said before, we're really into that medication aspect and so on and so forth, but there is a connection with, um, connecting with nature why if you go camping 
there's a morning where you're going to just smell. You can smell it's different. It's not the smell that we're so used to it. That is you know, fumes, electricity, whatever that is. Um, now you're just, you're smelling that whatever that, that, you know, humidity on the morning or the snow or whatever that is. There is something and it. it's, I'm, yeah, it sound, sounds crazy, but it's okay. Uh, so, <laughs> but I don't yeah. think it sounds crazy. I, I probably have my best garden ever last year yeah. and, and somebody else, uh, it, a fellow veteran who'd been known for a while, Lane Ballone had kind of a challenge of going out and grounding. And so he, he kind of came up with that last year. And it's kind of the one, I think it was like six or seven different challenges. It was the one thing I actually incorporated. So I would go outside and I would sit and I would take my shoes off and I don't normally go barefoot anywhere, but I would take my shoes off and I would, I don't know if this is really technically how you're supposed to ground, but I would sit outside and I would eat my lunch in a folding chair and just put my feet in the ground. Yes. And then I would go out and garden a couple times a week. I'd go check the garden, but I'd go out barefoot in the morning and I would just kind of, you know, puts around in the garden and I, you know, do little gardening activities mm -hmm. completely barefoot. And which was just wild to me because like I said, I don't go anywhere barefoot. Yeah. And it was, it just felt so just, I felt so connected and grounded and li like just liberated. And, uh, I actually kind of can't wait to do it again this spring. See if you do it and the cold is another one. So I was looking into this because when I was a kid, my parents kind of, uh, overloaded the breathing aspect right because that was kind of taught too young but it was overused so when we were in therapy they're like okay you gotta breathe now i'm like that doesn't work that doesn't do shit um so I, i've been looking for like two years how am i gonna do that that grounding so it works properly and it had just been snowed a few inches six or seven so i just removed my socks i went barefoot in the snow and i just did deep breathing three minutes for some odd reason, I was like smiling outside. I'm like, I hope my neighbor are not looking at me right now, barefoot in short with a jacket. And uh, and I'm smiling because, wait, wait, in the right moment, right now, if I'm not looking in the past, I'm actually pretty good. I'm pretty happy right now. There's nothing wrong that's going on. The world's not falling off. I have a house. I have kids that are healthy, wife who's successful, and so on and so forth. That sounds damn pretty good to me. So wait, why? Why am I so worried? And then it kind of dissipate in your brain slowly, right? So yeah, you're right. The the the, the I have fake grass. I cannot do it during the summer, but uh, so but you're right. Like having our feet and that ground, and, and I mean a lot of people speak about that too when they talk about therapy. If you have your feet flatted on your ground, you will feel a weight going down, and it goes your your legs become heavy, then your calves, and then your feet, and and then you light again. Right, so it's leaving your body. So it's either leaving usually with your mouth when you talk about it, like you said earlier, or as you work, that heaviness, you know, leave your body slowly, um, or so on and so forth. Right, to to each their own again. But um, I, th I think it's really worth it to visit it. Uh, I'm looking forward to go to North Carolina because first there's no snow over there, <laughs> so I'm gonna be yeah. outside. It's gonna be plus. I don't know. Uh, plus good for me because this morning it was snowing again um but but going outside for that nature aspect and just to smell outside would be fantastic i'm looking forward to that um because yeah it gives you a different um open-mindedness if you wish yeah well i think no matter what everybody just needs to find find their why find their reason and, yeah. and find that positive mindset i, I think that's really the kind of the takeaway so it's just uh, we got to do what we can to mm -hmm. to keep people here, yep. 
because I know I've mentioned a few times. I mean, it kind of sounds weird when I say it, but it's it's like we just want you here tomorrow. Like whoever it is, whoever hearing a message, like I don't know who you are, don't know what you're struggling with, but we, you know, we we get it. You're struggling. We struggle with things too from time to time, but we just want you here tomorrow. Like that's the key. Just be here tomorrow. Yeah. So you know, you just got to reach out to somebody and, and get help. Yeah, and, and the mindset. Like I've talked to uh, Green Bear friends, Navy SEALs, and and or, or uh, a parader here or whatnot. They all say the same thing, right? When they went through the hardest hardship, they were just looking at the closest thing that would happen. So one would say during Hell Week, I'm looking for my first meal because the breakfast is going to be good. I'm going to have bacon or whatever that is, maybe. Or the other one was like, I'm, I just want to finish that 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 part of the training now. And then I can quit after. And then he says, like, I'm going to go to the next part and the next part. And so on and so forth, right? This is the same battle. The only difference is it's against you. It's against old habits that we have ingrained so bad that they creeped in into it, into us. And, uh, and yeah, like one step at a time. It's not going to be easy, but goddamn, it's worth it on the road to change. If you don't change, then go back to your habits and, and don't complain that you know things don't change because you didn't put the work in and you didn't you didn't change your life for that better and and accept the help right. It's going like you said, like yeah, check on to your body, but your body is going to check on to you. Um, and I think it's important that we have our little community at times because that is a that is a peer uh, peer group support. Where in between, if you're six or seven guys, gals, who are sharing it, I don't know, it can be a WhatsApp group or it can be whatever may be that is safe enough. Um, and someone doesn't speak for two, three days, you're damn sure someone's going to reach out to that said person. Um, so having our back sometime, like when we serve, it's a good thing, right? We can't, we've got to keep those kind of uh, uh, quality and, and, and values. Absolutely. I mean, just. Like you said, when you're serving, if you're out there training in the field and somebody has an off day, you're really, like, hey, this, this guy's not putting 100% in today. Something's off. Yeah. You know, same thing, like in a WhatsApp or text thread or something like, hey, I haven't heard from so-and-so, you know, what's going on? Or something seems a little off in their messages, you know, check on them. Yeah. You know, you have to be connected to be able to spot those kind of things and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, totally. it's a lot of these things are. we're not going to stop everything. Obviously we can't, but if we really did a better job collectively, we could make a big drastic impact on the numbers. And I'm not talking about just suicide numbers. I'm talking substance abuse numbers. If we really started taking better care of our community. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, we have all those guys in our community who are fantastic. Joko is fantastic. David Goggins and so on. And they say go hard and so on. And I agree with them. They're good, but you need to be in the right state of mind to go that full pen. So start with small step first, because if you think that from bottom to go full pen 200 kilometers an hour, 200 miles uh, an hour, you're going to crash, right? There's there's no speed car that are met to drive 200 miles an hour constantly. It's, it's not happening. So there's, there's exactly there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm good for their message. But in the same way, it's not everyone who can get there from one day to the other. So, <laughs> but those guys lot. are also kind of like, I mean, gosh, I guess say it, they're kind of like unicorns. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just kind of rare, intense dudes. I mean, these were, 
tip of the spear operators. These guys have mastered their mindset. Yep. Like not everybody's going to be in that boat. If they had, if no. they were, yeah. they were going to be right there with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's great. It gives you something to aspire towards, but yep. for 99% of us, all we can do is to chant. All we can hope for is to channel a fraction of what those guys talk about, which, which they're is great. Win. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're I mean, they're inspirational. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just need to know that like, for most of us, we're not going to be exactly like those guys. No, but if you, if you can be 10% of them, I think you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, as long as you do 10% better than you did before, yeah, yeah, I, good point. because I think, I think it comes down to you're your own opponent. It's not David Goggins. You have to beat up. It's who you were yesterday. Um, right. But we have those, as same as we have those those figures we see as motivational, what well, motivation is, is superficial, right? Like what they have is commitment and discipline because motivation doesn't stay. And I don't know a person who is motivated 24-7. It doesn't stay. But what remains constantly is that commitment to yourself and that discipline towards your goal. So if you're planning um, to be, I don't know, healed the next five years and you give your heart hundred percent energy to it it's gonna happen i have no doubt all right but you got to do it for yourself not for so and so who's around you wants you to feel better because you won't get better you're gonna get a fake better you're gonna have a smile you're gonna wear that mask that five years will be you again but wearing a mask um versus the person who their goal is to get better um our goal is to make that community better how do we do that it's not necessarily with 50 person at a time it's probably with one conversation at a time where that person now i have hope to get in a better path um and you might have to work with them walk with them for a few days or a month or whatever that is right or if you check in who knows but but you try absolutely absolutely well john i i appreciate you coming on here and deep diving with us man it's a ton of nuggets of uh, mindset and, and, and mental health that we, we went down the rabbit hole of today. So uh, like I said, at the beginning, it's my favorite topic to talk about. It's, you know, obviously it's a personal journey for, for me and shoot, arguably a vast majority of the listeners as well. So it's something we're all kind of going through. We could all, I'm sure take a little bit here and there. So, but uh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, wired differently and your podcast and, and sure. different things you're doing. So, um, Wire Differently came, I was releasing a book named Operational, uh, Operation Wire Differently. Um, and it was kind of, there's no war stories, there's no cop stories there. All my brain kind of switch. And I kind of bring people into this because I'm like, instead of people thinking it's stigma, I'm going to bring you all, all dark it gets in my brain. So I kind of touch different type of uh, writing. And while I was doing this, I opened a, a Instagram just to create my own uh, publicity because I was self-publishing. And I sold 24, 48 ads in 24 hours. I'm like, oh, I could raise money and give that to the organization who help us. So I started to make hats. I hired uh, one of my friends I serve with who work on leather. Um, hired the, the, the wife of my buddy who was suffering from PTSD to sew on hats mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, and I raised a good, good amount. I think the first year I raised roughly around $30,000. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to keep going. So then I hired for t-shirts and so on and so forth. And uh, currently I'm sponsoring two teams in North Carolina of rugby. Uh, I donate to uh, one of my friends here who's going to run the country under 
67 days um, to raise awareness on PTSD. Uh, I kind of support what I can around um, and and I don't take any profit. So uh, I have not taken a cent yet uh, from, from that company. Um, like I said, we're now gearing towards more the outdoor aspect, higher quality. Uh, I was looking at more like quality of heart tricks, if you wish, but with after cost. Um, because we all like that high quality material, but you don't have necessarily $800 to spend on the jacket, which kind of makes sense. I would not spend that money. Um, so I don't expect people to spend that. But if I can help people to go out, fantastic. And if I can then give money to equine therapy or, or retreats or name it, um, that's kind of what I do with that business. Now, uh, the book is the same. All the profit goes towards whatever organization I do as well speech um uh, uh, to events and uh, the most recent what i've been working on is uh trauma resiliency coaching so i took course in california took a course in arizona where i can um, get well certified and help people actually going through their trauma and it's not necessarily going about the past the past is for a psychologist let them deal with it uh, but what i can help you is with today and tomorrow so how are we going to build today and tomorrow so you're not hunted constantly with your trauma. How can we make it so you're more performant into it and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the new avenue that I'm doing. Um, and I just have the fun of it, right? Because you're helping and you're seeing people break through. It's not about, it's again about serving. I guess it comes down to this is still serving the community um, and, and building something bigger. So, and the latest one, it's with someone who's, uh, who's about to leave the, 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 the military uh, she's active military right now in U.S. And when she leaves, we'll build that uh, ranch somewhere with equine therapy and so on and so forth and transition to help people. And and, and I would like to have a kind of form of retreat, right? So if you come back from whatever the war zone you are, um, you have a little housing that you can be with your family, disconnected from the news and just bound back together for two, three days. Um, because our society is so quick. Right? Everything goes quick, 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 quick. Sometimes we need that time out and just to reconnect with family. Because if you've been gone for a year, it might be different. It might be uh, challenging to to readapt to a while kids have to get up, they go to school and so on and so forth. You have, don't forget, you have to put the garbage out, right? Because you didn't have to do it for a year now. So put the garbage out, prep to the breakfast, go walk the dog. Oh, we need to cut the grass too, right? So before we jump into that thing, it'd be great to have that four days maybe a week retreat away from everyone and then boom we go back to uh to working so i'm looking forward to this one um because i think it should be uh we should do that more often absolutely i i think that's really important to reconnect before you dive into your head spinning about all the chores and trying to figure out what your role is going back you know into the family and that whole mix of dynamics and everything so totally. yeah. Yeah, there's uh, always something there. I'm, I'm lucky I didn't have to go through that when I was in. I was young and single between my deployments. So <laughs> very, very grateful. But, you know, there's so many people that don't have that experience that they do have to come back and uh, they have families and those dynamics. So, but I do appreciate you coming on and, and sharing with us. And for anybody who was uh, who was listening, uh, website and, and links are in the show notes, as always. So you can find them there if you're watching. Of course, it's scrolling and it'll be in the show notes on YouTube as well. So, Thanks, uh, thanks for stopping by, John. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate that. Yep. There you have it, folks. Just remember, if, uh, if there's any resources not on the website you think should be on there, please reach out and let me know. And if you are struggling, like I said at the beginning of the show, please 
uh, dial 988, press 1.